You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. So, I get to continue on the what does love have to do with it? Got to do with it, sorry. Um, And... um, I see it. Thank you. Um, and I don't have, I couldn't think of a, a, a cool name, uh, so I just called it part two. I hope you enjoy that name. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I prayed about it, and the Lord was like, part two. And I was like, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> so let me go ahead and just read the scripture on what it's on, and then we'll break it down. It comes out of 1 Corinthians 13.2, and uh, I like the Passion Version. Uh, and it reads, and if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but I never learned to love, then I am nothing. It's powerful. So yeah, I get to break down that verse. Uh, I'm excited about it. I, I, was, I was telling the, when we were praying in the morning, I was trying really hard not to just write a sermon on prophecy because it obviously starts with if I have the gift of prophecy because I love prophecy. Uh, and I started like writing out my sermon and it was just like all prophecy and I was like, oh, I, need, I need to just n- not talk about that. But I'm going to talk about prophecy a little bit just so people who don't know will know. So what is prophecy? Prophecy is a supernatural enabling by the spirit of God to hear his voice and then deliver the message of what that voice is saying. You are the messenger. Um, in, in layman's terms, you are basically playing telephone between God and the person or people that he wants you to talk to. Um, and if who's, everybody's played telephone, I'm sure. Everybody knows the game that I'm talking about. You're going to like tell somebody. Yeah, so. Um, and you really have to focus. You really have to be focused in listening. And because uh, if you get a word from the Lord, you want to give it exactly as the Lord gave it to you, as, as good as possible, because it's, it's from the Lord, so it must be important. Um, and then um, if you are not prophes- if you're prophesying without God, then you are not prophesying from the correct source. That's the difference between psychics and prophets in the kingdom of God is the source of the revelation. A lot of people will like to put them hand in hand, psych- psychics and um, prophets, but that, that's, that's not the case. Uh, we prophesy what the Lord says to us. I have no idea who the psychics are talking to. Um, I personally believe it's all made up. I don't believe in those medium shows. Um, but, that, but that's just me. I know that everything that we need to know for the future to prepare us or to warn us um, comes from the Lord. And if you have any more questions about the prophetic in general, feel free to reach out for me. I, I love this. Um, Mo at HopeChurchCleburne.com. I was going to say my phone number, but I don't think that'd be smart on stream. <laughs> all right. Okay, let's go. Um, all right. Number one, understanding the prophetic. Cool. Uh, what it's is... What, is its purpose. Uh, so it's very much like Pastor Todd said last week about tongues. It is to help lift the body of Christ, uh, whether it's a single person. Uh, and every time I kept thinking about this, I kept thinking about the story of um, Jonah when he didn't want to go to Nineveh and give them the word. And, you know, we all know what happened. We all saw that VeggieTales episode. Um, and uh, that's, I, I can't, I always think of the VeggieTales story. I don't know why. I just, and it's only the Noah story. I, it, everything else, I'm like strictly the Bible. Anyways, let me continue. <laughs> so how is it used? If used correctly, it can help steer someone or a group in the right direction. Um, I read this article by Mike, Mike Bennett. He listed three things that um, prophecy does. It shows God's justice um, and that it is intended to lead us to repentance. Uh, it shows God's power. He always wins, which gives us encouragement. Like, 
we all know God wins. Sometimes we get so beat up, we think we're defeated, but we have to realize that Christ lives in us and says he rose from the grave and has victory. We also have victory. We can't let the enemy get us down and keep us down uh, when we think that we've lost. Um, devil thought he won. Three days later, turns out he didn't. Um, and then it shows God's love. In the story of Jonah and Nineveh, God relented. Um, the change of God's plan shows God's love. It shows um, the warnings of prophesied destruction um, that were not given as revenge or, um, or out of anger, but out of love and out of desire for people to repent and change. And that's what happened. Uh, you guys know the story. Uh, everybody turned and repented, and the Lord did not bring his wrath upon them. Um, so how does it lift up the body? Like I just stated, it keeps us on the right path and it helps us to get on the right path. Um, whether we're completely off, we think we're on the right path, but the Lord's like, it's, it's this one over here. I'm going to send someone to tell you to go to, the, to this path over here. Um, and um, if you're ever receiving a word, uh, I, this, I'm probably going to touch randomly on prophecy things, but if you've ever received a word from someone, always pray about it. I'm not saying that that person, what that person gave you a word is always going to be wrong, but I always encourage you to pray about your words. Um, whether you don't, whether if it rubbed you wrong or you don't agree with it or you feel like it's not right, still pray because it might be something that actually you did need to hear. And then also the opposite end of the spectrum to where it was just a word that was completely wrong. Uh, you don't want to get a completely wrong word from the Lord and then try to follow it and then it'd be like, that's, uh, that wasn't for me. I don't know who gave you that. So, yes. Um, let's see. Prophecy is one of the ways that God's love is demonstrated. Few things can impact a person like a word that came from the Lord just for them. Encourage them. Um, oh, this is my... I wasn't supposed to read my own note. Um, <laughs> sorry. I was, like, I was like, encourage them. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to encourage you right now. Um, for those that feel like they have the gift of prophecy or if they feel they have a prophetic gifting, I want to encourage you um, to step out and do it. Uh, that's literally the best way I can describe it. There isn't any really um, small baby steps to take. If you hear word from the Lord, obviously you pray about it. Um, but if it's in like a, in a church setting, um, I've encouraged my, my class a lot in small groups, but if you're like in a church setting and you feel a word from the Lord, the Lord is never going to give you the entire word at once. Because then we turn into scholars and we try to edit it and bring our own red pen and say, well, it would sound better if it was worded like this. No, that's not the case. So that's why the, the Lord, sometimes he'll give me literally just one word and I have to take that first step and say that first word and then the rest will just come flowing out. So I want to encourage you, if you're really nervous about giving prophetic words, um, be praying about it. Uh, ask any of us pastors. We'll be glad to help you and help walk you through it. But if you feel that urge, if you feel that tug and you feel like you're fixated on a specific person, Move your feet and just start walking there. If you're really worried about what you have to say, we're like, oh, what am I going to say, Lord? He's like, just get there. I'll tell you. So I, I really just want to encourage you to, to, follow that, to follow that tug, to follow that pull that the Lord is trying to get you to um, share with someone. Okay. Um, and then, did I have, okay, yeah. And then 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Um, oh, so, sorry, 14, 3. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Um, and those are the three things um, the three types of prophecy that are noted in this. So it's for edification, for spiritual, moral, or intellectual improvement, for exhortation, to give warnings or advice, that's how Webster described it, or to bring comfort. And you cannot do these three without love. You cannot edify somebody if you don't love them. You cannot edify someone if you don't have the love of Jesus. Because edification means you're going to build somebody up. If I don't like Tina, if I have a problem with Tina, I'm going to have a real hard time edifying her because my heart's not right. If I want to give someone a warning or advice, especially, especially a warning, like if you're really bitter with that person, you'd be like, I'm just going to leave that out and let's let them figure it out. That's, that's, the Lord didn't speak to you for that. The Lord spoke to you for a reason to go speak to that person. And then to bring comfort. I don't know how you can comfort someone without loving someone. 
I've been hugged by people that don't like me and it just feels like the weirdest thing. I'm like, please don't hug me, <laughs> you know? So we have to make sure we're doing all these things in love, all these things with God love. Um, Uh, And then I just want to state again, if you're prophesying without God, then you're not prophesying from the correct source. You are not prophesying from the correct source. And if you're prophesying, be sure to be humble about it. Don't walk around acting all high and mighty because God chose you to deliver the message. Also, don't judge that person. If the Lord, like, give you a word, give you a vision of what that person's going through, don't judge that person for what they're going through. If anything, you should should pray for them some more. Um, but you always want to be edifying. You always want to bring exhortation. You always want to bring comfort in those situations. And then just like, I think it was the second point last week, you can't be, for, you can't be prophetic and be a jerk. It's the same thing. I feel like it can just, I feel like this whole series, like you can't love and be a jerk. Like you, you have to love, you have to show the love of Jesus. People will not receive what you have to say to them if they feel you do not have the love of God behind it. Um, people, people can feel, people can feel things. People can sense what you're saying. So they're going to be able to sense if it's just you trying to be cool and high and mighty, or if it's you're coming with the humble heart, coming with the love of the Lord, and they'll be able to receive it more, and it'll help them. That brings me to my second point. You can't understand everything about God without love, because simply, God is love. We all know the famous John 3, 16 and 17. I'm not going to put it up. I think we've done it for every single series this year, and that's fine. It's just a really good version. Um, but do we actually get it, or do we just know the story or the scripture? Like, do we actually get salvation? Do we actually get what Jesus did for us? I always like to think about when I was in elementary school and I did something, um, or like me and my friends were acting up or whatever, and they did something, the teacher yelled at them, or, or yelled at you for something, but your friend was like, oh, it was actually me, and they took the blame for you. Like, you guys remember that feeling? Like when someone like took the blame for you, like, oh, well, cool, they really love me. Jesus, or, or even in a more extent, like if, for, if you were older and you were getting in trouble and stuff and your friend took the blame for you and you ended up in a lot of trouble, whether financially with the, with the, uh, with the police or anything like that, like anybody taking your, the blame for you is amazing. But we need to understand that Jesus did that on an eternal scale because he wanted to spend eternity with us. He took the blame for us. Every single thing we did before we were born, every single thing we were going to do, he paid the price. If we have not experienced God's love for ourselves personally, we will not be able to express his love towards others as we are called to do. This comes from knowing the Father. Spending time with him daily, your walk with the Lord, isn't when you step foot on this property at all. When you get here, this is, we're just coming here to fellowship. We're coming here to lift up the name of Jesus together. But your real walk happens as soon as you leave this parking lot. That's the mission field out there. That's where you have to focus the most on your walk with the Lord. It's like I've always said, it's not up to me. It's not up to the Martins. It's not to the Barms to help you with your walk with Christ. If it was, if it was literally up to us, like it was on us to be worried about your salvation, we, we would never sleep. We would never sleep because we're so worried about how your souls are, how your salvation is. We want you to get to heaven. We, we all care deep. I'm not sure I can speak for everybody. We care deeply about every single one of you. We care all about your lives. We want you to have constant joy and constant peace. We want to party with you guys up in heaven when it comes time. So um, it, it, unfortunately, it's not, we're not responsible for your walk. So you need to make sure that you're spending that time outside of church with the Lord. It's not just Sundays and Wednesdays. I mean, not everybody comes Wednesdays, but it's seven days a week. We need to make sure we're knowing the Lord so we can tell people about the Lord. Because what if, what if somebody comes and asks you about the love of Jesus and you're like, John 3.16 says, for God so... They can be like, okay, I, I just read that on a t-shirt. Um, can you tell me more? 
He, they want to know more about God. They want to know, why are you so happy all the time when I just heard about your divorce? Why are you so happy all the time when I just heard a, you lost a family member again? Why are you so happy all the time when I just heard you're struggling with this? Because I have the love of Jesus in me, and that's what we want to share with everyone. We want to share that with the world. Especially now in these past couple years, like everyone's gone through a lot. A lot in these past couple years. And we need now more than ever to be able to share the love of Jesus and not just talk about it, but live it out, breathe it. That's what, that's what this world needs right now. So in a sense, this is, this is, this is our job, is, is helping others to get that. We got to edify them, we got to exhort them, we got to comfort them. We have to realize that he's not some big eye in the sky that lets things happen to us, good or bad. He is a gentle father that wants nothing but good for us. He wants nothing but good for us. This enables us to be real about our own, own experiences with God, not from stories we heard. Have you guys ever had someone tell you about a movie? Like, hey, can you, can you just literally just walk me through the whole hour and a half of, of Sandlot? Just, just like reading me this. Like, it wouldn't be as good as watching Sandlot yourself, right? So we have to experience God ourselves. We have to help others to experience God. We have to help them. We have to lead them the way, point them to the right scriptures and stuff like that. And then I, I found this quote. I'm not sure where I found it at, but I really like it. So person, if you happen to read this, I'm really sorry that I'm stealing your quote. Uh, it says, be aware of his grace towards me in my own humanity and weakness. Or sorry, being aware of his grace towards me in my own humanity and weakness enables me to communicate his love and grace towards others. I think the big thing I want to focus there on is grace. Because we've all messed up. I know I've messed up a lot. But there's God's grace. So we need to be sure we're showing others that grace as well. Especially if we see them struggling. The last thing they need is someone else beating them down saying, hey, you need to get your life right. It's like, hey... Do you need some help? I know a guy. And just walk them, walk them through it. Pray for them. If they still say no, that doesn't mean you just like stop and avoid and leave it alone. No, pray for them. Check on them. If you don't have to keep talking about Jesus every single time, maybe just check on them. Be like, hey, I'm just checking to see how you are. I was thinking about you. You're in my heart. If you need anything, you know, reach out and just keep doing that. And after time, they'll be like, hey, you really care. You know, if if is that prayer still on the table? Plot twist. You've been praying for them the whole time. So make sure that. We're, we always think about the grace that we had and we show that towards others in their time of need. And this brings me to my third point. Our faith can move mountains. Imagine if we added love. Everyone knows this story. Mark, I'm sorry, sorry, this scripture. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Believe that you have received it. So I want to give three examples of faith that are my personal favorites in the Bible. In Mark 5, the woman of the blood disease that just wanted to touch the hem of his garment. She had so much faith, and she desired it so much, the story says they were in a crowd walking, sh- touching, shoulder to shoulder, walking through the crowd. And all she does was touch the hem of his garment. And Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And they were like, well, everyone. Uh, he was like, no, someone touched me and I felt power leave. She didn't touch him physically, the clothing that was on him. That's how much faith she had. She, said, she even said, if I could only touch the hem of his garment. That's how much faith and love she had for him. And then the end of John 4, where the government official needed his son healed. And she, he ran up to him and said, Jesus, Jesus, I need you to just 
pray for my son. I know that if you just do it right now, he will be healed. Jesus didn't even have to go there and lay hands on him. The man believed, and Jesus said, your son is healed because you believed. And then Abraham and Isaac. This story always just blows my mind. He took his son all the way up to the top, prepared him, laid him down on that table, fully believing that the Lord would bring the right sacrifice. Knife was all the way up in the air. He was ready. And an angel stopped him. And the sacrifice was right there next to him. We have to have that much faith and love in the Lord. Our faith coupled with love could break down the walls that we deal with today. Can you imagine if we had that kind of faith, the kind of things we would break through? And not even that, just how much it would build our faith to see that all others around us still fighting for that, still praying for that. It strengthens the body. Why is it that sometimes we come to church on Sunday and sing about God's love and how great he is to us, then doubt that he can calm the storm that we're in? So now we're trying to maneuver our way out by ourselves, making it worse. If we would just rest in his word and rest in his promises, John 10.10, a thief has only one thing in mind. He He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. That is a promise that I hold on to. Especially these last couple years, like I've been saying, I hold on to that promise that we will get life and have it abundantly. Our cups will be overflowing. There's no disease. There's no lack of anything in store. There's no gas prices that can go up that will make me doubt that the Lord doesn't want good for me. So we have to rest in that promise. We have to, we have to actually believe the things that we're saying. We have to believe that the Lord actually loves us. We know what the word says. Do we believe it? Or is it just something we like to put on a shirt and wear around? Or is it something, just an encouraging post that we can put on someone's wall? John 3.16, Galatians 6.9, you got this. No, they want to hear about the Lord that came and saved you. I love, I love sharing my struggles. I used to hide behind them because I was ashamed. But why do I need to be ashamed? It's, it's a testimony. My life was turned around. And me sharing my testimony can help somebody else out. Whether I never know it or or I find out when I get to heaven and be like, hey, I was scrolling through Facebook one day and I heard your message on homosexuality and I just want to let you know that it really helped me and I'm here today because of you. You don't have to know all the lives that you've changed. You just have to know that when you're speaking out, it is hitting somebody's heart, it is hitting somebody's ears and it is slowly changing their lives. A simple word can plant that seed in their soul and begin to just turn their lives around. The Bible is not filled with some... With, the Bible is not filled with pick-me-up messages. These are promises that come from the mouth of God. So we need to rest in those. Everything that's written in the word, every cover to cover, everything, a promise that the Lord has given us. Mm-hmm.